For the month of June, Emily and I have decided to donate 100% of the profits that we make from our discount code CANDY at adamandeve.com to the Black Sex Worker Collective. If you guys want to donate directly to the Black Sex Worker Collective, we have links to their website in our bios on Twitter at CandyGirlPod and on Instagram at CandyGirlPodcast. So if you go over to adamandeve.com and you use discount code CANDY, C-A-N-D-Y, at checkout, you'll get 50% off an item, plus 10 free gifts, free shipping, and you'll be helping out black sex workers. Again, that's discount code CANDY, C-A-N-D-Y. Thanks, guys. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Candy Girl. I'm your host, Shelby. And I'm your co-host, Emily. So today we've got a big crew. Let's go around and do some introductions. Shelby, take it away. Hey, I'm Shelby. I'm the creator and uh, host of Candy Girl Podcast. We're a podcast that's about the social issues surrounding sex work. We try to give sex workers a platform to where they can relate to each other, but also people who aren't involved in the sex industry, a place to understand it better and put a face behind sex work. And I'm Emily. I'm the co-host of Candy Girl Podcast, and I handle the business side. Hi, I'm Rose. Um, I'm a sex worker. I mainly work through Twitter and things like that. I'm one of the co-hosts of this podcast as well. So yeah, that's cool. I'm Zara. I'm also one of the co-hosts of this podcast and a sex worker. My name is Isaac and I am the host of the Sex Sells Podcast. Um, I also am here from Dual Brain Consulting and um, really our goal is to be able to take some small business marketing experience and apply that with help from from people in the industry. Um, I'm really excited about this episode. I think it's really good, yeah. Yeah, me too. Um, I, this is our first like crossover episode, so this is good. I feel like, you know, the Flash and Arrow meeting up right now. <laughs> I love it. Um, it reminds me of that scene in Bojack Horseman when Mr. Peanut Butter is like, is this a crossover episode? Like every time you see Bojack, yeah. Um, <laughs> I love Bojack. Um, okay, so let, let's really jump in because I feel like we we get along very well and I feel like we could talk all day about things that are unrelated like Bojack okay. Horseman. Um, so let's actually talk about what we're here to talk about today. Um, and today right, is sort of a strange about, episode. Oh, Go ahead. <laughs> ah, okay. I was like, all right, let's talk about sex. <laughs> yeah. Um, a little salt and pepper up in here. Um, I think really what it is today is we're going to be talking about how strange some of the interactions can be and how some of them are a bit predatory. So um, if you're new, this is going to be especially um, interesting for you, I think. I definitely think, especially for newbies, there's a lot of stuff where, like, I have a group chat with a lot of new sex workers, and it's just an engagement one, but a lot of the times they'll come in and say, is this normal? They message this. And a lot of the time it's not. I've noticed a lot of people take advantage of newer sex workers. A lot of clients will try and get them to do stuff they're not comfortable with or get free content out of them or like, other sex workers even. And I think that sometimes as a new sex worker, you need to just message your friends and say, does this sound normal to you? Because a lot of the time it's not. It's so good that they actually do that though, because when I started, I did not do that. Like someone I've just reached out, reached out to this week has literally said, yeah, I don't have any friends in the community. And I'm like, don't be alone. Like reach out. Like I think in terms of building following, we've spoken about loads. It's all just 
engaging with other people's content that you like and respect and then you kind of build branches from there and you talk but it's so good to say like is this normal because a lot of stuff that happens online is a bit shady (laughs) it's hard to know it's hard to know when you're building if someone's using you or exploiting you and like there's so much stigma around sex work feeling shady the only time I've ever felt dirty is when I've had someone steal my content that's the only time I ever feel gross about it I don't feel gross about the actual industry or the work and I think that's such an important point is if you're new if you're not new either way it's important to have a support structure that uh, of people who are similar to you people who are similar meaning like also in the industry i think that's so crucial and not everybody has that and it's really important yeah that's something we talk about on candy girl a lot with our guests is the sex work community and how you you guys are all there to support each other because you know a lot of people stigmatize sex work and so they're not they're not going to be there to support you so at the end of the day you know who do you really have you have each other i think yeah building a community around you know what you do is so important definitely because like for example i had this like sex worker um ask for like a free trial so we could do like for like i'm not actually looking to do that right now that's fine and i put it in my group chat like because he was being very rude about me not wanting to do it and this other girl bless her heart she's very new she was like oh yeah he subscribed on a free trial to do like for like and then pressured me and checked trying to get me to send him nudes free all the time and that's where you get the whole thing of them not realizing it's not okay for someone to force you to do something you don't want to do even if it's another sex worker like i think that a lot of people they obviously they're like oh this buyer is bad you know like you can see that but when it comes from someone that you think that you should trust it's a lot harder to realize that not everybody in this industry is going to want to look out for you and necessarily be legitimate like that i'm just going to go ahead and say it that online there are men with verified links acting like they are adult content creators and they're not actually necessarily content creators they are looking to kind of echo collab and um it is risky and it's just good to kind of talk about these things um i'm not looking to cancel anyone but it is a thing and i have been you know prey to that and there are lovely male content creators like so many creators i know are so lovely and so respectful but i think you need to basically a good thing to do is ask around say do you know this person do you feel like have you met them or talked to them or anything like that and just have a check around are is their whole feed about their content or is it them retweeting loads of other sex workers and thirsting after them under the guise of being a content creator that's a good way to look out because i feel like it's so easy to get into this whole sort of this web of like weird interactions with people who just want free content who are trying to scam you it's so easy to get sucked into that loophole and i think that you should got to look after yourself yeah and just being a, it's as simple as looking through somebody's media if it's mm. if there's no content there if it's all oh, just right. gifs and um them <laughs> quote tweeting other people then i feel like that's probably something that you should steer clear of definitely yeah. and sometimes it might not even be that somebody's dodgy and wants to call up it might be that they've got loads of media they're genuinely a creator and you just don't want to collab with them because you're not ready to or you're not looking to you i think that it's so difficult to get you saying no thank you to people Mm -hmm. if you're not used to it in general everyday life if you're not particularly assertive and i think that it can be so hard to say no thank you that's just not what i'm looking for right now to a subscriber to a friend maybe 
and that's where it can become difficult but sometimes your friend if your friend is truly your friend they are not going to get mad at you for saying no thank you i don't particularly want to collab they're not going to get mad at you and if they do get mad at you they're not a real friend there are so, so many reasons <laughs> so loki is one of the pros of being good friends with the sex worker the free nudes or is that something you do exchange with your friends or <laughs> I mean, I send my friends in my vanilla life my nudes. I'll be like, look at this. I'll be in the group chat. Like, look at this fire pit, guys. You don't even understand the level. <laughs> like, I will be... Okay, because I do the same thing. And I was like, wait, like, should I be making my friends pay for it? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like if they are my friends, I don't mind giving them a free trial. But I think what it is a lot of the time is, like, you'll have people that are, like, your friend or, like, a casual friend. They'll be like, do you want to collab? But I'll be like, I'm just not looking to do that. And I, well, this hasn't happened to me personally, but from people like I've known in group chats and stuff, or people that like be friends with, and then they won't take the no for an answer. And if you are friends with someone, just take the no. Doesn't mean they hate you. Doesn't mean they don't think you're attractive. They just might not want to do a collab. Not everybody wants to. My friend said no to a collab with me before, and I was like, that's chill. You gotta do what's good for you. And I think that your strange DM requests don't just come from strangers. It's one of the most important things to remember. Yeah, sometimes friends do overstep. I send nudes that I'm, like, happy with. Um, and I'm like, look at what I just did to my vanilla friends. But I... I don't know. I just love subscribing to my friends. So I, I do just pay... Sometimes I exchange free trials. But generally, I'm pretty... I am pretty private for someone who does sex work. Like, I just am. Um... I don't know, there's, I don't have an issue with anyone using my content, but um, I don't have really flirty relationships with many people. That's just not how I am. Do you know what, as well, I think what's making me sad is a lot of sex workers now are scared to subscribe to the sex workers. Like, I've had so many women message me, like, can I subscribe to your OnlyFans? I'm like, yeah, do it. You're going to see my asshole, though, just so you know. Like, it's going to be there when you subscribe. But, like, I think that people should be really, really aware of that. And I think that it should be something that's accepted and you should be able to subscribe to the sex workers and again it's kind of like the flip side of just like not everybody is going to be a strange dm request not everybody's out to get you yeah when we talked to lydia love a couple weeks ago she was telling us about how she loves to subscribe to like sex workers who she really looks up to or like people that she wants to learn from so she'll she subscribes to like a bunch of sex workers only fans to like get ideas <laughs> i'm addicted i'm subscribed to like 70 accounts it's actually a problem I can't stop myself. Like I've said, I've hit a limit for this month and then I can change it up next month. And I just keep, I keep subscribing to people. Um, I think some people, some creators do think it's a bit weird, but I love it. I think there's two different pieces of it. One is that if you're doing market research, that's one thing, right? And that, that's good. I think if you all also know that person and mm -hmm. like have a friendship with them, then I think it's appropriate to ask and be like, hey, would this be weird? Um, mm. is it okay? Because I think that that changes the dynamic. Especially if you're like good friends and you talk constantly, they may not want you to see their nudes. They might not be comfortable with that and that's fine. Yeah, yeah. or like opening up their, their feed and seeing your butthole. Like it's just, it's going to be strange. It might be strange, right? And so <laughs> it's worthwhile talking about in advance if it's somebody you know. I'm so desensitized. <laughs> Honestly, I'll see like like straight porn and just be like, all right honestly i'm just sat there like eating my breakfast scrolling through the timeline and there's there's different creators and people market in different ways some people on twitter don't show any full nudity some people are literally uploading clips of their porn 
I have a friend who uploads like two minute videos. I'm like, how are you like doing that? Um, oh, but everyone awesome. does it differently. I'm just really desensitized to it. Anyone that subscribes to me at this point from a, like um, a genuine place, I'm just really flattered that they want to support me like that because it does make a difference. Yeah. Or if someone says they want to get market research from me, they want to subscribe to see what I'm doing and be inspired. I think that's such a compliment. Obviously, if you don't see it as a compliment, that's fine. Like, everybody's entitled to their opinion, and there's nothing wrong with that, just to be clear, because everybody feels different. But for me, I'm so complimented, because I love subscribing to other sex workers to be like, oh my god, her content's so good, I want to make my content that good, you know? But and when someone's like, oh, can I subscribe to you? And I feel really inspired, and I saw you on the podcast. It makes me feel so good about what I'm doing, and makes me feel like I'm putting in so much hard work, you know? I enjoy having friends on my page more actually because they do comment and they're like, yeah, that's girl. Like they are genuinely comment on each other's back and forth. Um, obviously there is, I think we've spoken about it before, like the issue of poachers. Like there are some people that will subscribe and be shady as fuck yeah. to try and they'll send free trials to people's clients that their subscribers, they find them in the comments. That's not market research. That's not okay but you can like subscribe to someone and see what their vibe is, see what they're doing just to kind of, so like Rose, how much is your OnlyFans at the moment? $13.99. Beautiful price. So mine is 10. Other people's are like $3. So you might subscribe to different people and see how much pay-per-view they're putting out or how much content they're putting out on the feed daily. It's just good to do your research to kind of feel good. Because I think like I put out a lot of pay-per-view comparatively, I've noticed, but I make my pay-per-view quite cheap. And also I put out so much content in the main feed that I'm like, you don't have to buy my pay-per-view. It's there if you want it, because I like to do lots of different stuff because everybody is requesting different stuff and I want everyone to be able to buy something they like. But I put out literally like one pay-per-view a day, one every two days or something like that. And then it just kind of like people go back and buy them if they want. But I think that it's good to have, obviously I post lots in my main feed. And I like that when I go to someone else's page and I see they're doing something different because it's nice to see and be like that you don't, Say, for example, if I'm having an off day and I don't want to post five times in one day, I know that it's not going to go all down the gutter because someone else is successful and they can take breaks and it's good to be inspired by other people. Wait, real quick question. Um, Just because I am American, is a pay-per-view just a video? It's like on OnlyFans particularly and on Frisk you can do it as well. It's like you send like, it can be picture set, it can be a picture, it can be a video. And you can send it out to all your followers and you can put a little price tag on it. So, for example, I sent out a boy-girl video that was like, had blowjob, rimming, cum shot, right? And I put a little price tag on it and then people have to, say, pay that price to unlock that video. So I post, like, shorter clips on my main feed. And then if people want to unlock longer content, they can do that as well. And if you do lots of it, people can, like, pick and choose. A lot of people like boy-girl, a lot of people like phase people like I do creative stuff as well I did one where I played a Fortnite um match while having a wank so that was fun and actually very <laughs> but um it's good I think it's nice to do lots of different stuff because everybody likes different stuff so I think that it's good to be inspired by the people wait wait off topic question so when so okay when y'all say having a wank as in masturbating is it still yeah. called having a wank if you're a girl yeah, I call it having a wank. It both. is for me. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah I call it having a wank. I might be hanging around with a lot of guys. I think lots of girls call it having a wank, but it's really like, it's really colloquial. It's really like a proper, proper colloquial term. 
a lot of people have commented in my adult life that that's quite strange for a woman to admit i've had like so many people females males say to me like it's strange that you admit to wanking and i'm like you know three years later down the line well if you think it's strange that i wank you don't want to see what i do for money um i think i just think it's funny that it's called like having a wank it is weird isn't it (laughs) it's a weird thing what do you call it do you call it like jilling off like i I don't understand (laughs) This is like a high point for me right now is that, yeah, is that everybody is speechless, like full on fist pump right now. Uh, Some of of the best ones are uh, flicking the bean or we've heard that one. Uh, Man, why can't I think of any of these? Normally I'm like very witty. I don't know what happened. I like to say bust a nut just because I think it's so aggressive and it's like funnier. Literally. Do you know what? Sometimes I say when I make porn, sometimes there are clips in there of like me knocking my ring light over or saying weird shit like I'm gonna go have a wank now. Or like I remember my subscriber tipped me once after my video and I'd actually forgotten I'd left this in and he was like, You could see that you'd like lost your vibrator and couldn't find it. And <laughs> we're like trying to find it in the video. <laughs> and he was like, it was like the suspense was so good. <laughs> <I> was like, <laughs> Honestly. I think that it's so nice to like include moments like that or say like, oh, I'm going to go have a wank. I'll send it out later. You know, like it's nice to include bits of yourself. Um, so going back to this predatory marketing like scheme that we started off a little bit. Yeah, please um, get us back on track, Shelby. <laughs> Rose actually made a comment earlier that um, I wanted to touch on a little bit more, but she was saying how um, when you get into this industry, you really have to learn how to say no. And I wanted to say that I feel like an aspect of these schemes are preying on women's inability to say no, because women are taught from a young age not to say no to things, you know? And so I think these, these marketing schemes know that. And so that's, especially with like young sex work, like new sex workers, you know? There's always a fear of being canceled as well. There's always a fear that they're going to turn around and have a bigger account than you and spread stuff about you and everyone's going to believe them because you're a big account. That's part of the reason why I don't cancel people because there's always someone else's side of the story. I've argued with someone, they might have been having a terrible day and I'm just not about that. I think that a lot of promo, like promo accounts do it as well, where they'll try and get you to talk sexually with them for free and be like, oh, do you want, you know, it's like the promo, blah, blah, blah. And then you don't want to say no because you want the promo and it's a big account and things like that. But it's so hard to learn that like I learned that from my mom at a young age but a lot of girls didn't and I think that's reasonable and that's fair but everybody's got to get to that point if you want to be a sex worker you're gonna have to and it's hard and it sucks and no one likes to do it and it's awkward and it feels like shit but you can't let you can't let these men prey on you, you they, that's what they want they want the free talk they want the free photos they want to you to send them special photos for a promo this promo <laughs> will do better than the promo that you're sending me no you have your boundaries so you can stick to them and if they don't want to promo you, you will do well without them. You will do better sticking to your own morals and sticking to what you are comfortable with than letting somebody else pressure you into being something you're not. It is genuinely Wait, more but powerful. what if... <laughs> Go ahead, Emily. Wait, but, but what if they send you a dick pic? Then don't you um. have to send them free nudes back? <laughs> <laughs> Literally, some man messaged me on my free page like, oh, because I turned turn my DMs off again. They're like, can I have a free dick rate? And I was like, but why? You're not... Ch- why do you think that the people that are paying for that are like less entitled than you? 
Or like they'll be like, oh, my dick is great though. So rate it for free. Like, it's amazing. I'm like, I'm telling you now, it's not. It's not. <laughs> but people can be very entitled. <laughs> Wait, how much does it cost to get my dick rated? Well, <laughs> I do like, I think it's like $7 for like a number. And then I think it's like 13 for like a detail, like a little written passage. I'm oh, the cheapest bitch. bitch. I am such a cheap bitch. Honestly, like all of my... <laughs> services are so cheap so some people do video ratings as well and i'm just not i can't do comfortable it comfortable doing them i don't enjoy them um i don't even really advertise that i do ratings because it's something i find a little bit uncomfortable sometimes um because there's two different kinds of ratings there's an honest rating or kind of three actually they're like lie to me make me feel good and then there's also degrading them um yeah i'm always so, like i'm always like very nice very generous little bit of honesty at the end and then i put in like the the comments like if you want degrading specify because i don't yeah. want the man with a small penis to send me a picture want it to be complimented and i turn around and insult him you know like it's not needed he doesn't want that like i don't want to do that like it's just like you gotta ask for what they want i love them i told a guy to moisturize his dick once that was fun because he needed <laughs> i was like it's honestly no. <laughs> Y'all ever, ever get a dick pic so surprising you just turn to someone and you're like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> Literally, I do my boyfriend. I'll turn around and be like, why has this man sent me this? Is this? I'm just half together. I'm so Wait, I, I like that Rose is breaking into like a whole new area here because not, she, not only is she doing ratings, but she's apparently also giving like skincare routines. So like... <laughs> Some people do actually need to moisturize them so i'm so glad that rose has said that because i've seen oh some God, things see it's crusty and the thing is oh, i don't think that men realize that skincare goes everywhere like i had i didn't have to, my boyfriend was very clean when i met him but like now he's like whole of a moisturized level because i'm obsessed with skincare but i don't think men realize that skincare is not just your face it's not just your face like they just don't realize and i'm like if you if you want your good dick right, let me help you. Let me help you. Okay, so <laughs> mini episode later. Mini episode <laughs> later of like Rose's skincare routine. Let's <laughs> let's get back. Cause this train has just derailed. Um, okay. Okay. Which is like our specialty. So if you're a first time listener. Yeah. <laughs> the episode, like we said earlier, is supposed to be about um, predatory marketing like schemes. And Emily and I are, since our podcast is kind of more about the social aspects of sex work, we were going to talk about why people feel like they can attempt to take advantage of sex workers. And I, I mentioned it earlier too about like, you know, women have a hard time saying no and these people know that. And I also wanted to talk about how I think because people see sex workers as objects, well, first of all, women are so objectified in general, typically people will take advantage of them for that reason. But on a whole nother level, like sex workers are selling sex, which makes them seem more like objects to, you know, the public eye. So I feel like that's an even more of a reason why somebody is predatory towards these sex workers is because like, they don't see them as people, you know, because they think, they think sex is owed to them. And yeah. when somebody is selling sex, they think they deserve it. They think they should just have it. I've had it's so strange, like how it's okay for a huge porn site to profit off a sex scene, but not for the individual creator. Like, there's just so much stigma to be broken down here, um, and it is a cultural and societal thing. And I think 
is a gender role thing as well because I do have female subscribers but the majority are male and I think men consume porn maybe more and they're getting a lot of it for free and it's just it's there's like such a, a spectrum of the fuck you pay me scale and people's marketing is different like findom is just straight up fuck yeah. you pay me but and like you're not necessarily going to get any content for that that is the sexual exchange um it's just i i love the work we do because it is breaking stigma slowly bit by bit i think the best way to get to be comfortable with people buying your porn and this whole system of being men be present except that not every man wants to buy porn not every man does i'm okay with that like some men don't that's okay that might not be their thing they might prefer professionally shot you know probably not on porn because that's a bit of a dodgy site but you know other sites but i think that when it gets to the point where you're attacking a woman posting her own porn and selling it that's the problem if you don't want to buy it that's fine but why are you attacking that man who does want to buy it why are you so insecure in yourself that you can't handle a woman profiting off her own body that's my favorite fucking comment is football twitters she's not going to shag you mate she's not going to shag you i'm like fuck off i'm more likely to shag someone who supports my job than someone who doesn't so that's just a fact Literally, I'm like, they're not going to shag me, but they're going to see my butthole. They're going to see me having a shag. They're going to have a chat every day. They're going to we're going to talk about our favorite Star Wars film. Like, do you know what I mean? This is what they're paying for because most people are not going to have that access to it. Even people in real life, if there's a guy in the club and he wants to get to know you, like he obviously doesn't pay to get to know you, but he's not necessarily going to have that same interaction with you. A lot of these men know that they can't have access to you, and so are willing to pay to have access to you. And there's nothing wrong with that. A lot. Mm-hmm. Or describe their buyers I've noticed unless you're obviously like, degrading them I've noticed a lot of people describe buyers of porn as like disgusting or like kind of like describe them in an incelly type way and I think that it's important to remember that buyers are human beings they are buying your porn a lot of them are lovely people if you get to know them like some aren't some aren't don't get me wrong but a lot of them are lovely and I think it's so important to remember that and keep that in your mind that these are the good people who want to buy things that support you that enjoy your part like your company and what you're producing well, I always think about it as um, I have food at home in my fridge, right? But sometimes I would like to go out to a restaurant. I mean, I can't right now because we're all in quarantine. But um, but at some point, I'm going to want to go out to have dinner. That's going to be nice, but I'm willing to pay for that dinner. I'm not going to walk in and say, can I get some, you know, can I get a burrito for free? That's not the way it works. Have you have to know in advance. Like no. Yeah, could I have could I have a free little bit on the house just to yeah, make sure that I want that burrito? Yeah, it's I'm not, not a yogurt it. shop. I'm not gonna buy it. <laughs> I'm not gonna buy the full one, but I want to. Yeah, bit. sorry, I don't pay for my food. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, sorry, only losers pay for food. Like it's just stupid. It's this whole attitude. Or they'll be like, "Oh, send first, then pay." And it's like if you went into a restaurant, you wouldn't expect this. Like obviously, sometimes you do go to a restaurant, you get your food first. But that's because in your, you're in real life, and if you try and leave that restaurant, they can stop you. I cannot stop you from blocking me on the internet and just leaving. So that is why sex workers don't do stuff for free first, because we cannot stop people blocking and leaving. And I understand that a lot of buyers are scared that sex workers are going to scam them. Go for a reputable one. Go and scroll through a media. Has she got a history of posts? Has she? Is it? Does it look like stolen content? It's very easy to see when it's a scam. Like it's so- and social social proof like Isaac literally like runs this home every day until he's like blue in the face social proof so if you've had a good customer transaction online and they 
yeah, you screenshot that shit, post it, cut the personal information out and see that you've had a happy buyer, you've had a happy subscriber. Sometimes a customer on Instagram asked me once, um, he was like, have you got any like um, screenshots of like people from your OnlyFans saying nice things? Because obviously it basically proves they're not going to unlock it and it's all a bunch of like, I don't know, not what you were selling basically. And I think- yeah, like like that one where it was just like promo after promo after promo. Um, so social proof means that somebody else went first. When you buy something off of Amazon or, or what, wherever, you want to read the reviews. Basically what you're doing, social proof just means that you're sharing a review in advance of somebody asking for it. It's like a, a referral page. And it's amazing. It is very unlikely to be interacted with, um, like retweeted or, or liked on any social media. But if you look at your analytics, it's going to be one of your most opened pictures. Mm-hmm. And that's why, is people want to make sure that you're legitimate. They want to read the review. They want to know. And I think that as a, look, as a seller, the best way to obviously make yourself seem legitimate, to make this a business, post those reviews. If you're a business, you post reviews. Post lots of high quality content. If you're a business, you have a high influx of content constantly. You'd be building your brand. If you want to make it a business, that's another way, social proof. This is literally, I don't see many people doing this still. And I'm like, this is one of the easiest ways to show a buyer that you are real you are going to post what you're saying you're going to post because what we what do we hear from buyers the most oh how do i know you're going to post what you're saying you're posting how do i know that i'm not going to get scammed well is there's so much evidence like listen i think we're all very aware right now of what we're all going to see when we uh, subscribe to rose's page yeah you know what's going on guys be ready hopefully her asshole because that's why i'm gonna subscribe <laughs> it's there you'll see it don't worry <laughs> Yeah, I think it's really easy to forget, not even forget, I think it's easy to overlook that sex workers are running a business, you know, a small business. And I think that's the reason why people, or I mean, one of the many reasons people think that they can ask for things for free because it's just a person like they're willing to, you know, give me a sample or something like that. But it's it's their business, it's their livelihood, you know? And I also wanted to touch on kind of part of the issue. And I mean, I wouldn't, I don't know if this is an issue, but we kind of talked about this in our last episode with Isabella Sinclair is tourists in the sex industry, which are people who just want to come in for like a couple of weeks or like a month or so to try it out. And then they leave immediately, you know, and that almost like that can delegitimize the business as well, because then people don't realize that this is not a last resort thing for a lot of people. This is something that people want to do and actively go into. I think there's nothing wrong with survival sex work as well. If you need to become a sex worker because you've lost your job because of COVID-19, there is nothing wrong with that. But again, be honest about what you're posting. If you become a sex worker for a few weeks, make some quick, like, quick cash and leave, this is not the same as like being, like, I don't know, Mary Magdalene being a prostitute in like olden days. The internet is forever. You can't turn around and be like, oh, I was never a prostitute. There's no proof. Like, I've never put self my news. There's no proof. The proof is on the internet. It is there forever. They're, it's never going to be able to be fully deleted. You might be want to be a lawyer and go in five years to your job interview and they've Googled your name and for some reason your porn's come up because it's been leaked. You should always be aware that the internet is forever. And if you want to do it for a few weeks, I think that you should be aware that it is not coming down. If you want to teach... they're going to ask you to take that down. They're going to keep that in mind. I know because my dad does teaching. They're going to keep it in mind. And I think that it's so, so important when you are joining these injuries to consider that. Most people don't. I see people all the time. They're like, oh my God, I got doxxed to my family. And it's the internet. It's all been leaked all over the internet. I've lost my job. Um, I I think that's unfair. I think it's disgusting that someone's done that. But please consider that because people are assholes. 
people are assholes they don't care about you and they will do it i've had it done they're gonna do it you can use a like sex worker name and still your face can be like reverse image searched like it doesn't matter and also you can be doxxed from two ways you can be doxxed from people on the internet finding your information and you can be doxxed from people in your personal life that you may be trusted using it against you it can work two ways so tourist sex workers it can delegitimize what we're doing as well because it could be a big influencer with a huge platform coming in i made 15k in a, in a month that's going to make any new baby sex worker feel awful if it's taken out of context like there has to be bad in mind and if you are coming from having a big platform a lot of people are going to know that about you now so you have to make good with it before you do it otherwise it's going to be like emotional turmoil after i get angry when people who've had a big platform obviously i understand you work for your platform everybody understands that no one is saying you didn't when people come in who've had a big platform or have gone viral and then come out and start trying to sell people tips on how to be successful i'm like but oh. you haven't you haven't built a brand. Like obviously, if you want to sell tips on how to build a following, that's different. You've done that. If you've gone viral or you've made an OnlyFans, don't start telling people they're going to make 15K in a week because they're not. Then unless they've already got a following, they are not going to turn around and have 15K in a week. And then they're nudes are on the internet forever and you've sold them a lie. So for what? And I keep looking at it as the people that are on late night infomercials doing the get rich quick schemes is, you know, mm -hmm. they're showing off their fancy car and their fancy house. And they're telling you that you can do it with just minimal investment. Um, th that's, that's a lie. The, the reason that they do that is because that's how they make money off of you. That's exactly. what it's for. Um, that's why I think what we do is so, so different. Um, I also want to go back to something. We talk about it a lot. It's clear as kind, right, is Brene Brown's thing. But if you are going to be a tourist in this industry, that's fine. And Rose, you know, and Zara brought up lots of good points about making sure that you are aware of what you're getting into ahead of time. And you need to be clear to your customers that you're more like a pop-up rather than like a, a brick and mortar restaurant, right? Is you're there for a limited time and then that's it, probably. Yeah. That can be a huge selling point as well. Yeah. Like, totally. You might do it and love it. You never know. It's just like, like I remember my friend was like, oh, I see how much money you're making. I want to make an OnlyFans account. And I went through and sat with her like, this is how much work I am doing. This is how much work it takes. This is the investments I have to make in my job in clothes in underwear in ring lights in makeup in outfits this is the investments i have to make I, this is the time i spend and this is all the benefits and then you can decide if you want to do this job like any other career and i think that everybody should be able to do that that's part of the reason i do this podcast because i hate seeing people like i think what really did it for me is i watched a documentary on netflix before i actually started sex work um and it was about the industry like say for example like straight porn by a producer about the influx of teen girls where every few months there'll be a new teen girl she film loads of porn her family will find out she will get doxxed and go home and every few months it's a cycle and it's disgusting they profit off these girls and i think that don't let this industry profit off you you need to profit off it don't let it suck things out of you yeah i think that's a, a great point to make you're not you shouldn't you know again like you said you shouldn't let the industry profit off of you you should profit off the industry and yeah, I feel like, I feel like, again, that's part of the sex workers are seen as objects kind of thing. And so it doesn't matter how I treat them. It doesn't matter, you know, what I take from them, what I sell, that's theirs because they're not, they don't feel the way, you know, 
yeah someone like someone else even who's selling their body like construction workers you know like doing the exact same thing selling their body for something specific but it's not sex and all of a sudden that makes it okay i think it's it's frustrating or it's frustrating because you know sex plays a vital sex workers play a vital role in our society we're seeing that you know a lot of professions getting laid off sex work still kind of working (laughs) um so march was a good month for sure yeah (laughs) um yeah but like i remember we had a sex worker on in one of our you know very previous episodes um who said that you know when you pay for like somebody to take care of your mental health you pay a psychiatrist or therapist if you need somebody to help you take care of your physical health you know you go to the doctor or nutritionist or the gym but when it comes to you know paying somebody to help with your sexual health then suddenly it becomes very taboo and very weird even though those are perfectly valid needs to get tended to. I think it's because a lot of people as well assume that when you do straight porn, you're going to get paid. It's been, they, they, a lot of the time they think about the very famous porn stars. Like, what do you think about that little amateur porn that you've just watched though? The one that you really love? That person might be making what? Like a fiver off it? A fiver. That's it. For all of that enjoyment that you've got. And I think it's a lot of it is women and men as well taking that power back from these sites that a lot of the time do not have a high payout. A lot of these sites that you are watching on for free have a very low payout for models. Unless you are literally viral on that site, your payout will be nothing. And it's so important that they're like we are reclaiming that kind of income. And part of it too is that there's just a lot of overhead that goes into that, right? And and sometimes it can be a bit predatory as well as whose pockets are you lining. But when you have a large company, then there's lots of people you need to pay. When it's just you. You have your own overhead, but then that's it, which is nice. It can be a lot of overhead still too, right? I, I don't mean to make light of that. Just you get a yeah. little bit more in your pocket. I would rather have a 20% cut from, say, only yeah. or Frisk than have, say, like Pornhub give me a small amount per video. Because as well, at least I know per sale I'm making a set amount rather than just, we're giving you this. You'll see how much it is. That's not helpful to me when I'm trying to feed my dog. Like, it's not. And also how those videos are redistrib- redistributed, like at least with a subscription-based site, the subscribers are pretty much made aware or you can really make them aware and your like information that the content isn't to be downloaded or redistributed in any way. Whereas other sites and camming sites, I know sex workers that have come to me and said, I've just found every camming session I've ever done on another site. And I'm like, that's fucking crazy um and that does that does scare me and i don't personally do camming for that reason now but i think just having sex work can be really empowering so having autonomy setting your own prices and things and like emily said you're looking after their sexual health it's not like i claim to be an expert but i am someone who you can pay me for my time and i will help you explore a kink or fantasy that maybe you can't explore in real life so yeah, I, I would love to talk about how not to fall victims to these predatory like promotional scams or like send me a nude first and then I'll pay. Like what are, cause I feel like a lot of the reason and um, Isaac and Emily and I talked about this when we met on Tuesday, but I think a lot of the reason that people will fall victim to these scams is because they're very desperate to sell content. And I feel like if they knew that they had alternatives, that they knew they had 
ways to sell content that didn't involve, you know, giving out something for free, they wouldn't have that desperate feeling. I think there's two very good points there. I think the first good point is a lot of people will lie and make emotional pleas to get you to do things. People will be like, I've lost my job. I need you to give me a shout out, which might say damage your business by filling your feed with the people. I've lost your job. Can you send me some money? Or can you send me free nudes? I can't subscribe to your OnlyFans because I'm in hospital. And, or I'm, do you know what I mean? People will lie to get you to give them things. That's the first good point. And I think the second good point is when you know you're in a tough situation, like everybody has a shitty week. When a lot of survival sex workers, I think I see this where you'll be so desperate for the money from the content that you will send it first, for example, and hope to get paid afterwards because you're like, I need this money for my kids. And I understand that. I completely understand that. I remember when my mom was in that position, not with sex work, just generally. I think that it's so important to remember that it's not worth it because most of the time they're going to scam you. I have not met a single person who has tried to do that who's not been a scammer. The sugar daddy accounts that you're sending your bank details to are scamming you. Like, it's so hard when you need that money, but you will make money through selling your content. You will 100%. If you put the effort in, you will make the money and you don't have to do it through letting them have the power. You should have the power in the situation. I think the best way to prevent that like being scammed being taken advantage of is to set rules with yourself as well as being like a self-policing community so having allies in the community that you can reach out to and say is this normal is this okay what do you think i should do is this bio legit have you ever had an interaction with them um like if you're not doing it directly through a site and it's happening through social media or something i think the best thing to do is just have rules before you start like so full service sex workers will have rules they'll be like i don't do kissing or i don't do this and it's the same with online sex work you need to have rules and say i'm never going to do this so i never do skype calls if i'm going to do a one-to-one i do it through snapchat and it tells me if i'm being screen recorded or not that's just how i do it mm-hmm. um and like, like i've been offered so much money to be like for things that I'm just not comfortable doing. Like I've been offered for incest play before, for example, for a custom, and they will offer an extortionate amount of money for you to do the thing that they want you to do. And I'm just like, for me, that is not something I'm comfortable with because I have siblings, so I'm not about that. But like, I think that it can be so tempting to give up your morals and things that, and do things that you're not comfortable with when they're offering you the money at the end or offering you more than you'd normally do. And it's like, say for example obviously you're saying like i don't do like skype like you should never if someone offered you like 2k to do skype it's important to remember like is this going to cause you long-term mental damage by doing something you're not comfortable with yeah for sure i had some rules before i started um and like just just even little things like signing up for social media i had a specific email for this work that isn't my personal email just so many things just even if you have to like write them down just to like because when money is flashed at you you could get tempted to do something but if if your gut is telling you something doesn't sit right don't do it for the money anyway um like if you were in another job and someone was kind of asking you to do something on the sly you'd be like this doesn't feel right just listen to your gut and yeah you wouldn't do it because you know you you it's hard because you're self-regulating in a job if you were doing something on the slide you'd be caught and you'd get into trouble here it's like you have to self-regulate and i think that's so so hard to do but it's so important to just continue to stick to those morals that you have for yourself whatever they are they can be literally however you want them to be whatever they have offer you you need to stick to them 
Yeah, and I think what you're both really talking about is setting up guidelines and then being confident. And I think those are two pieces that we, we really dance around often, is that if you set rules for yourself, then you can make sure that you don't break those rules. But also being confident that there's going to be something else that will come along that you are going to feel comfortable doing right, is I, I feel like I've talked about this a lot with lots of people one-on-one over the last couple of weeks, is there's a big dip right now, not a big dip, but there's sort of a dip in buyers and sales and, and people are feeling that pressure because March into April was so good and now it's starting to slow down a bit. That is not a reflection on you. Stick to your guns, be confident, yeah. you will be fine, um, but it's a matter of not not slipping because if you start now where does it stop exactly if you keep pushing and pushing say for example you don't want to do full nudity you just want to do topless if you keep pushing yourself and pushing yourself for what customers are asking you to do so you get more sales where are you going to stop always do to what you are comfortable with i know girls who are like i only do topless because i'm completely not comfortable doing anything else that is fine if you want to do that don't make let any buyers pressure you into doing that because you can be completely successful not do full nudity if you want to do full-blown porn and somebody says oh you shouldn't be doing that i'm not subscribing blah blah, blah. don't let them tell you that you do what you want to do you do completely what you do. it's not worth it i would say to myself subscribers ask me to do this it is not worth it for 13.99 it's not worth it for 13 fucking 99 yeah and and what you might your guidelines might change and adapt as you grow and change and adapt, but don't let that be a snap decision. Yeah, That should be definitely. something that there's thought put into and something that you've considered and are confident in rather than somebody offered you two grand for something that you're not comfortable with. You did it anyway for two grand. And like a lot of the time, they're not going to send the two grand. It's important to remember. A lot of the time, there is no two grand. They just want to make you do something you're not comfortable with. And if they're a true buyer, they won't care. I did a custom for someone and they requested a second one. And I was like, I'm not really comfortable doing with that. Weirdly, it was because I'm claustrophobic and it involves bondage. And I was like, I can't be on camera doing bondage because I'm claustrophobic. And also I can slip out of pretty much all handcuffs and stuff like that. But he was like, that's completely fine. I don't want you to do something you're not comfortable with for a custom. And I think that it's good to have a good buyer-seller relationship. And someone who is truly a good buyer will understand your boundaries and will respect them. Yeah, I completely agree. And I've had some new subscribers recently. And when I get into talking to them and getting to know them, because I like to get to know them, um, most of them this week, I've said, like, what kind of thing are you looking to see? Most of them have just said, which has kind of, like, shocked me. They've just said, whatever you enjoy doing, whatever turns you on, whatever you like, that's what they want to see, which is not what I'm used to hearing (laughs) um, as a woman, but I'm happy for it. I think it's fun. I like asking my subscribers for stuff. They'll always give me really cool ideas as well. They'll be like, oh, you could do this. I'm like, oh my God, that'd be sick. That'd be so awesome. I'm totally going to do that. Like, it's so fun asking your subscribers. And you'll have a lot more fun when you ask your subscribers for something and you can choose what you want to do. If you're doing something you don't enjoy, you're going to hate it and it's going to take a toll on your mental health. Whereas if you're making content that you love and you think is really fun and exciting, like when I was doing my whole little Fortnite content, that was fucking hilarious. And I think that that's where it should come in to the point of do what makes you happy yeah and a lot of services feel really different so like the interaction part of the service where you could be emotionally manipulated into doing something you're not comfortable with is very different to making content editing it and putting it out 
like live like real-time services are very different i know big sex workers that don't do them they don't do sexting they don't do doming sessions they don't do calming they don't go on live they just create content solo content by themselves edit it and upload it and that's absolutely fine i've had conversations with them and they've said that's just what i'm comfortable doing and i think when you're especially when you're starting out or you're having like a lull for money you might blame yourself like right now so March and April were quite good months for sex work generally May has been like a slowdown for a lot of people and the reason isn't necessarily your content changed or got worse or anything like that it's just people are struggling for money a lot of people are losing their jobs going into recession so you don't need to compromise yourself your safety your well-being for money right now definitely that's easy for me to say when I have like a house and stuff but I'm just saying long term just look at the long-term things like do a do a sale <laughs> don't don't hurt yourself yeah doing a sale it's it's the quickest way to get some emergency money in i'm not i'm always against obviously doing a sale to get money but if it's genuinely emergency rather than impact your mental health put a sale on get those three dollar subscribers in you might you're probably not going to keep them but if it's a desperate situation it will work yeah, and that's important too to recognize is that you might get more subscribers from a sale, but you probably won't keep them. And that's yeah. really important because then at the end of that 30 days, you're going to have a huge drop off and you can't let that affect your mental health either. Definitely. So I think it's so important to think about all these things when you make decisions for your mental health and for your financial health. I think it's so important to consider the pros and cons of each action, the pros of doing something that's going to make you really uncomfortable for money or putting on a sale but then you're gonna have a lull later on and say for example the month that you're having a lull you might have five birthdays coming up that you need to pay for like it's so important to think about these things consider them and plan them i think this is an industry where other people outsiders love to police how sex workers spend their money and like sometimes sex workers make it big one month they make a lot of money and then they might have whatever situation in their life later on and people love to attack, I've seen people attack sex workers, I'm not going to name any names, but for being like, oh, you were doing so well, and then you got cocky, and look at you now, it's really horrible, but for some people, sex work is the first time in their lives they've been able to afford something that they really wanted for themselves, and people love to police that, like, oh, she's got designer bags, like, she's really superficial, sex work is work, and you can spend your money on what you want to spend it on, but I... I'm trying to be sensible with mine. I'm trying to put money aside for tax and not just invest it all in content, like stuff for content right away. Definitely. A lot of my money goes on, like, for example, my DMCA defenders, my ring light, things for content. Oh my God, it's so expensive. (laughs) I'm literally looking at having two because I just, it stresses me out on my content. It's never been like leaked, leaked, apart from like my stalker. It's whenever I see it in a thread, my stomach just drops and I can't deal with it. So I just need like two. Um, I like, I think it's, I'm quite addicted to doing like costumes and themes. So I keep having to buy things because I'm like, oh, I want to do that as a theme. Oh, I want to do that as a theme. But I quite, I enjoy it. So for me, it's not just an investment in my business. It's something that I'm going to enjoy because I hate yeah. when I'm making content and it's got no theme and it's just a picture of me naked. And I'm like, that's like what I call for me, my lazy content personally. Like when I toast yeah. pictures of just nudes, I'm like, this is so lazy for me because I do not enjoy this. Like for someone else, if that's what you do perfectly, that's, I've seen some people who do that, that's beautiful. But for me, I'm like, I do not enjoy this. So I need to do more costumes and makeup and exciting things for me. Otherwise I'm going to get bored. And I think that this is a definitely a balance between investing in your business and saving for yourself, saving for taxes, saving for like, I don't know, 
buy yourself a treat get some of your favorite juice from the shop buy roller skates and learn to roller skate do something fun for you because this is a tiring job and you need to spend money on yourself as well i am sorry go ahead oh i was gonna say uh, i think there are people who really want to see sex workers fail and when you brought up the point earlier where you said zara um oh look at you you got cocky and i lost a bunch of money is like i don't I mean, I, why would you be happy about that? You know, you shouldn't, you shouldn't want to watch a sex worker fail, you know, because they didn't know how to budget the first couple months they started or like nobody ever taught them how to like manage money, you know? So I think that goes back towards this hatred of women having control of their bodies and, and selling content. It's like, now I really want to see them be unsuccessful. Definitely. It's the stigma. It all goes back to the stigma. I think we don't get the credit we might deserve as an industry. And it's, it's so funny to me that someone who does an office job, wears a suit, might get like a, like they, they think they're making an honest living. And there's this idea that sex workers don't pay tax, which is mm-hmm. just so untrue. Um, and like, whenever anyone talks to me about it, I'm just like, put money aside now, put money aside now, because you're going to get hit like soon. Um, it's just crazy how if you're, like a brick in the wall going to work you're making this honest money and you can buy yourself whatever the fuck you want but sex workers can't do that it's just i was thinking like if you were like say i'm 18 almost 19 if i turn around to somebody and i say oh i'm 18 almost 19 um and i'm earning five figures a month people will be like i'm not quite earning five figures a month but i'm close but like <laughs> if i turn around and say that to people they'll be like oh my god that's amazing and then they ask what you do and you say oh i have an only fans account i'm a sex worker and then it's immediately like it's not as impressive it's not as impressive you know or the favorite one i hear from men is women play life on easy mode literally the most infuriating thing i ever hear like i do not walk home with my keys between my fingers so i don't get murdered like i don't get followed oh my god you know what i mean like I felt so safe walking my dog at night recently because of the pandemic. I'm like, no one's going to fucking approach me because everyone's scared of everyone. I felt safe. Cough all over them. I get followed home during the pandemic and my dog doesn't understand strangers, so she just plays with them. She doesn't doesn't understand the concept of attack. But it's like, I think that when people, this is the whole stigma of people not understanding that it's a job where they're like, it's not as impressive to earn that money if you're doing it from something that they're seeing as wrong or lazy or easy. Or they'll be like, like, people will be like, oh, can I have a free shout out? I'm like, well, no, because I work for this followers. And they're like, you didn't work for anything. You didn't oh have, my you do God, it. I've, I've been called a bitch because I don't want to shout someone out that's never interacted with me ever in my life, never seen them, don't even follow me. I got called a self-entitled bitch for not giving someone a free shout out the other day. And I was like, and they're like, oh, but you didn't work for it. And I would say to those people, if I didn't work for it, then you do it. Then you do yeah. it. If I haven't worked, then it'd be so totally easy for you to do it. And if I, the thing is, they say, oh, it's just because you're an attractive woman. I'm like, well, I see tons of attractive women who have started at the same time as me, but don't earn the same income because they might not have as good as the same marketing strategy, or they might not be able to afford necessarily yet the right equipment because it is investment. They might not, they might live at home. They can't put the same amount of effort in because they're at home. And so there are so many factors. It's not just waking up, taking a quick selfie and you're done. That's not how it is. Yeah. I think it's so... Sorry. Oh, <laughs> I, was, I mean, mine is a little bit off topic, but I was going to say, like, Emily works for Google, and, like, people are still even tell her, like, oh, you just got that job because you're a woman. You know, like, you... I still, get, I still get told I'm a really good software engineer because I'm pretty, 
And that's infuriating because one, all my interviews were over the phone. Two, what the fuck? No, I'm just better than you. Like, that makes no sense. Like, it makes no sense. And I think that in jobs, there is a lot of, like, if you are attractive, male or female, people do, um, people tend to give people who are more attractive better jobs because a lot of people are so socially biased and that's so infuriating, I think. But it's over the phone. It's got nothing to do with your gender. In fact, if you were a man, you would be more likely to get that job. Like, if I was a man and I walked into, like, the phone industry, I'd be more likely to get a job realistically because they are going to assume things about me i remember i used to work in the phone industry till recently i went to apple and my phone wasn't working i said i've already reset it i work in the phone industry i know how to do it please just fix it they made me turn my bluetooth on and off and erase all my data because they didn't believe me that i'd done it but yet when my partner had the same problem and he'd not worked for anyone before he's literally an actor they believed him straight off the bat when he said it we love mansplaining we fucking love it that we don't Literally, sometimes I just go off when men start explaining technology to me and then they're like well you didn't have to be such a bitch about it and I was like sorry I was repeating the information you were about to tell me like mm-hmm. someone tried to mansplain uh, I was talking about how I enjoyed Ziggy Stardust when I was in like my like David Bauer did the makeup from the Aladdin saying and people were like it's Aladdin saying I was like mm, yeah I didn't know that tell that to my fucking seven David Bowie vinyls I totally didn't know that did I I didn't grow up listening to David Bowie I saw you tweet about that, Rose, and that was, like, Reddit? Yeah, I fucking hate it. You can't post in cosplay girls without being slated in the comments, no matter what you post. So, I was literally saying to Isaac this week, I was like, I admire Rose so fucking much. She's never scared to try something new. And, like, you have lots of interests. You're not scared because you're not necessarily the fucking genius of one thing. You have lots of interests multifaceted human being sex worker and you you do loads of different shit and i was like i fucking love that energy like i can't keep up like she runs I'm like it's gonna i'll I'll post things i'm like this could flop my boobs aren't in this post this might go wrong but i love it and i'm gonna post it and i'm gonna keep it up because i think it's important to share things about me like the best thing you're doing is being authentic like i can say that from like a viewer's perspective and we didn't know each other before this podcast like i was aware of you but I didn't know you. And I know you from talking to you privately on this and seeing your content. And the best thing you do is you put yourself in your content. It is very easy from someone behind the screen, behind the keyboard to say some nasty shit. Mm-hmm. They're just irrelevant, but it can really like grind you down. It is. It's very, especially with Reddit, they're really bad for it. But I think that it really grinds you down when people like, with the whole mansplaining thing, when they explain things to you about things you're interested in. And I'm like, I'm a real person. If I was a man posting like, I'm enjoying this, you wouldn't assume that I don't know anything about it. Like, you wouldn't assume that I don't actually listen to David Bowie and I've done this for the clout. Like, why would I do that? He's. It's not like he's, but I don't know. It just doesn't make sense to me. The your whole- breasts or your vagina don't make you any less legitimate. Literally, it does not change the fact that I cried for two hours over Revenge of the Sith yesterday just because I have a vagina. Like, it doesn't change anything. But, like, I Yeah, think- but for some reason, just because we have vaginas, we still have to put up with much more bullshit. Literally. And you know what? Like, I put up with a lot of bullshit because I am, I'm not, like, stupid. Like, I go to a Russell Group University, I've got A's in my levels, but I am a little bit, like, practically stupid. Like, I don't know, I've put, like, paper in the oven before, you know? I'm a little bit dumb. And I, st- I struggle with movie plots and stuff like that. I'm a little bit dumb. So I, men mansplain to me so much. And I'm like, I'm so clever. Like, I understand. I'm just like, I seem stupid. 
we all have our strengths though and like we work towards them and since I've started sex work I feel more liberated more empowered I'm not working underneath someone and I can do what I want and like I have a degree and I've used it and it's brilliant it's great I'm not I can't use my degree of sex work I'm doing a history degree it's low-key irrelevant to this (laughs) but I I think there's there's skills you learn though like just I don't know just even being able to like time manage yourself just through a degree like you're going to apply that to sex work because you're self-policing you're doing it from home you have to manage your time from having a job and I think that I think people forget like this is like woman who keeps tweeting things about how like how she's the only like been clever sex worker ever and it's just proper rage me because I'm like you don't all sex workers are from all works of life there are ones who went to uni ones who didn't ones who there are people who are into all different kinds of things there are people who are into super geeky things there are people who are into classic literature there are people who are into cars who are into everything and though like comparing yourself to other women and like I don't know how like negatively comparing yourself to other women is going to alienate you from the community period I love how we all just looked at the chat. We were like, yeah, I feel like uh, every time, every time Shelby and I ever get into like, you know, very feminist, like female centric conversations, that's when we start screaming and just going off on a tangent. I am a raging feminist and he's not sexist, but he's a little bit like, I don't know. He's not not sexist, but like borderline in like the kind of way that I like. So I've always been feminist ranting at him all the time. And he's like, it's sitting there like, please, I, I've heard this before, it's fine. Yeah, sometimes sometimes I'm just in a mood and like somebody's like, hey, hey, I'm like, hey, bro, what's up? And then I'll just like go off. Like, they didn't deserve that. I just felt like being <laughs> and I'm like, it needs a little to- more. I was like, we need to beat this into people. But like, for some reason that day, I felt the need to beat it in a little harder. So. <laughs> but when it affects everything, the way you go towards getting the job or the way you interaction social situation it's very real it's a very real experience for women so you're allowed to be fucking angry about it and it's important to view sex work through that lens and that framework of feminism and intersectional feminism i think it can be very easy to be defensive from this point of view and like i know that when like we reach out to other people to other sex workers to work with them they're kind of like oh, why do i need your help and it's not that it's, it's just literally building bridges Literally, if, some, if someone gives me advice that I'm talking to, I have no problem with that. Like, if I'm friends, I don't really like where people that I don't know give me advice that I didn't ask for. I don't think you should, like, yeah. this is someone like, you should be doing this if they didn't ask for it. Like, I've had subscribers say, oh, you should do this. This would earn you loads of money, and it's usually some way for them to get off for free. But I'm just like, you know, advice can't hurt you. You don't have to do it, but listening cannot hurt you. I don't like to give unsolicited advice and I definitely don't like talking about pricing. Like people have asked me about pricing and I'm like, okay, it's personal to you. Yeah. But I've been all I day think... in the shower all day, like, what should I price this video I made this morning? I can't decide. And I'll flip between like five different prices between four to twenty quid all day. But... I think it's good to think about like what is in the content, like how many angles we work in here, how many positions we work in, and is your face yeah. in it, like all different things, like I don't know, I've priced content that I've made when I'm on my period lower because it's not custom content and not everyone's going to want to see it so it might make more people unlikely to buy it if it's a lower price but pricing is just really fucking personal. No one really enjoys talking about money. Definitely, definitely. 
Okay, I think that that's probably a good spot to stop. Um, I was very much trying to sit back during the mansplaining conversation because that was just not a spot for me to weigh in. Um, okay. <clears throat> Oh, first, I think um, I want to thank everybody for listening. Um, and let's kind of go around and talk about where folks can find you online if they do have questions or they want to reach out and connect. Yeah, you can email us at candygirlpodcast@outlook.com. Uh, yeah, if you have any questions, or you can follow us on Instagram at candygirlpodcast or Twitter at candygirlpod. You can find me pretty much everywhere as Rose with Thorns. It will be capital R-O-S-E-W-I-T-H, capital T, H-0-R-N-S. It's like pretty much I'm the same on everything. So, and also, if you're unsure, just message me and check it to me. I had someone get scammed by a fake account with like two followers the other day with a fake link. I'm not sure how they got scammed, but please just like double check. It'll be very easy to tell if it is actually me. But yeah, that's how you can find me. I only have um, one Twitter account and it's at um, Zara JPEG XXX, that's JPG. And you can DM me, my DMs are open and my OnlyFans link is there. You can find me pretty much anywhere at dual underscore brain. And we also have a website now that's dualbrain.rocks, R-O-C-K-S. So you can find me there. If you do have any questions, you want to reach out, you want to get some personal advice. Well, thanks for doing this collab with us, you guys. Yeah, I really enjoyed I it. I loved it. I love the social commentary, though. Yeah, it was I good. I love that. I was like, I'm going to feminist rant this week. Sorry, guys. There we go. Sometimes we just need to scream about the patriarchy, and that's nobody's fault, but... It needs to be there. I think it's so important to view sex work through that framework. I think that sometimes intersectional feminism gets ignored when talking about sex work and the struggles, and they're seen as two separate things, when a lot of the time they are not two separate things. All right. So thank you, everybody, for joining us. Uh, I think that we should publicly share this nice list of, of uh, what's the word Ways for it? Ways to say euphemisms. having a wink. Yeah, euphemisms that, that Emily shared. So we'll put that somewhere um, for everybody to, to have a read through. But thanks for being here. And, you know, we'll see you next time. Thank you.